Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you. Peter Ward back with us. Peter has been very active in paleontology, biology, astrobiology since his Ph.D. in 1976. He has published more than 140 scientific papers dealing with the paleontology, zoology, and astronomical topics. He is an acknowledged world expert on mass extinctions and the role of extraterrestrial impacts on Earth. Peter, welcome back to the program. Again. Always a pleasure. Things just keep happening. They don't stop in our world, do they? They don't. And one of the things that didn't stop me last week was going to San Diego to Comic Con, <laughs> my very first one ever, and that was a zoo. It is a zoo. Great people down there, lots of uh, spectators. And, uh, and I, did you have fun? Well, I did, but there were 140,000 paid people there. And the trouble is, there were so many people trying to get into the various venues. They started selling the right to sleep out so you could be in the line that might get you into the venue the next day. Um, I was actually talking about super soldiers, so I got in free and got to go to a few of the venues. But I've, the first one I've been to, it was, the costumes were amazing. I mean, people were really having a great time. They do. When we talk about super soldiers, Peter, are we talking about high sci-fi? No, we're talking about reality. Oh, boy. And the reality is, of course, if you can insert a gene to increase whatever soldier needs, the soldiers need to be able to be efficient, to kill easily, but to be strong, to exist with very little water, to go without sleep, to do without much food, to be smart, to be tall, to be big. Each of those things actually can be enhanced by inserting just one gene uh, we know this is the case. The Chinese inserted one gene into a couple of dogs, whippets, tiny little skinny dogs, and they turned it into these great big muscular brutes, one gene for enhanced muscles. So we know what can happen, and the Chinese also separately, for the very first time, used this technique on a human embryo. They're not supposed to. The scientific world mm-hmm. would be crazy, but they did it. They said, yep, we can do this. So, George, do you really think the militaries of the world aren't keeping tabs on this? Oh, I think they're probably watching it, and uh, you know what? They probably, Peter, have been experimenting on it. Oh, I totally agree. I mean, I just think this is, the hen is out of the hen house, or whatever you say, or the, the cats are among the dogs. It's crazy. I mean, the thing is really going to explode, and I suspect it's already taking place in militaries that have technical expertise in biology around the world right now. How dangerous is genetic engineering? We are playing around with Mother Nature. Um, there's both the good side and the bad side. I mean, the reason that this engineering is being touted is it can help remove some of the most insidious and god-awful diseases, genetic diseases, that plague mankind. This could be a great boon for good. But as in anything else, George, it's like atomic energy. There's been so much great good coming out of atomic energy with electricity. And yet we know atomic bombs are quite the opposite of that. So it's like the double-edged sword, and that there's so much good, and there could be so much bad. Let's look at those upsides and downsides with genetic engineering. What, what would you think could be the downside of genetic engineering? What could go wrong, Peter? Well, so much can go wrong. The thing about genes is that we think that our genetic code is something that's fixed, and that during our lives, nothing could affect those genes, no genes could be added. In normal circumstances, that's probably correct. But what we're doing with agricultural products, George, more and more, is inserting genes that can make our yield be better. 
So, for instance, if you want to be able to kill more bugs, why not insert a gene into the insects you want to live, like bees, that you're not putting into the insects you want to kill, like the roaches and the weevils? So what you can do is put pesticide all over the field, the bees live, all the bad bugs die. Do the same with pesticides and herbicides, try to get rid of the bad weeds but let the corn exist. The problem is genes don't stay in the bottle. The genie or the genes always jump out of the bottle, and the wishes you usually get aren't anything you really want. We have genes escaping in agricultural fields now. It's going to happen. It has happened and as we get more sophisticated in putting artificial genes into things, the consequences can be disastrous. Well, you know, that's exactly right, because in most movies about genies popping out of the bottle, they give an individual a wish, and they always preface it by saying, but they all have consequences. So mm-hmm. you, you may want to wish for, you know, an unlimited amount of money, uh, uh, but he, then he turns you into a human with no arms and legs. You know, yeah. you're the richest guy in the world, but what can you do? It's a conundrum, all right. I mean, science is obviously for such great good and for so many positive aspects. On the other hand, there's always a dark side. And what we have to do is come up with some sort of new way of controlling this particular genie. It's, it's equivalent, George, to atomic energy in, say, 46 and 47, where only a very small number of humans could harness it, but more and more wanted it, and you had more and more bad actors who could understand, I could use this for evil as well as good. Peter, didn't Albert Einstein kick himself after he came up with his E equals MC square formula? You know, that guy is such an interesting character. Where I went to graduate school, George, at McMaster University, right by Toronto, they had his brain. After he died, somehow the Canadians, where I went to school, were able to obtain the brain, and they found it was anatomically quite different from normal human brains. They had many more ridges. So Hmm. who knows what that guy was thinking? Well, that's true, too. Now, with the genetic engineering, what are the good things that could happen? Well, we we need food. We've got more and more people. How are we going to feed them? So what we can do is start engineering certain plants to have a greater yield, as there's more and more carbon dioxide in the atmosphere and things turn into greater heat for fields. And we've seen the scorching summers. I mean, George, did you see what's going on in Europe? Oh, it's horrible. And Alaska, that's the one that struck me. I mean, I've seen the heat waves in Europe. Oh, they're having fires like crazy out there. Well, I mean, it was in June that Anchorage was 84, 85 degrees. Yeah. It was like crazy. So you can engineer plants and put in genes that allow them to withstand greater heat. So those are the good things. I mean, we really will need more food on this planet as our population goes from its current 7 billion and change to up to 10 billion. How are we going to feed everybody? And so here is the best possibility of moving forward is genetically engineer certain crops to have greater yield, to have shorter times to fruition that seeds germinate better, that we get rid of pests to a greater extent. It's all the stuff that can feed us. Those now, are, I think, the greatest things. And Peter, though, i, I got to tell you, I'm not a GMO-type uh, guy. I, I mean, I, I'm opposed to genetically modified foods because I think they're going to screw it up. Well, they are going to screw it up. The genes do jump, and the Europeans are certainly pointing out this. But on the other hand, there, I mean, there are legitimate reasons to accept some of these. Um, you could almost make the analogy, George, is uh, 
You're not opposed to, to antibiotics, are you? I mean, this is something new that was No, but they can be abused. And, well, and they can bo- be abused, but it's something modern society has finally accepted. You, we all have to make choices, and the choices now are we have to feed the world, or the amount of conflict just raises exponentially. So the genetic engineering is here to stay. Nobody's going to stop it. And it is a case of can we regulate it, and can we put in safeguards? And that's where the arguments really need to be among most concerned people. And trust me, we should all be concerned about this. What if the super soldier who's been modified becomes a super monster? Well, how could it not be a monster in a way? I mean, what do you do when you have... It's a Frankenstein. Well, you're looking... I mean, it's such a science fiction trope. You know, there have been any number of... of, I think the brand new um, Fast and Furious features... Idris Elba, he is a genetically modified superhuman. It's in the theaters this week. It's not just sort of theoretical, though. We haven't yet produced super soldiers. The question is, will we let it happen, or will there be some sort of scientific or government, or how do you stop it? I mean, who has the control of the biological labs? Uh, This is a case I've been trying to make. There has to be control somehow. I mean, there's just too much possibility of disaster by genes jumping into the wrong creatures. Is the United Nations doing anything to control this as an organization, as a group? Uh, have you ever known them to do, be effective at anything, George? No, I, sir. I have not. Committees. And it's just, again, it's very similar to 46. Scientists were all wringing our hands about atomic energy. Oh, my gosh, we can't let this happen. We're not going to let the government have it. The scientists are noble scientists. We'll keep it. We'll keep it. We'll make it safe. And the U.S. government said, okay, thank you for the bomb, and now go away. And the government will take care of it. So we're in a place where no one has really the ability to say, don't do that. You can tell them. Do you think anybody in China is saying, don't militarize this? So DARPA, I know our defense forces, they are looking at it. The Europeans are. Everybody has to. It's another arms race. The arms now are genes. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.